0: I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor.
1: What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome back to the Celtics Blog podcast. We're coming off the back of a huge blowout win against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Got to see a lot of the young guys do their thing from the midway through the third all the way through the fourth. And we also saw Jalen Brown make history. We don't have Brendan Nunes today. uh, We're recording at like 6 a.m. his time, so he's still in cuckoo land. I am joined by Mr. Rob Blanchett. How are you doing today, Rob? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm living the dream. Living the dream. Spent the day writing about the Celtics. Going to spend the evening talking about the Celtics. So, where do you want to start? Do you want to kick it off with Jalen Brown and how good he looked in this game? I know it's kind of beating the same drum. We've been discussing how good Brown's looked since the start of the season. But it seems like with every game that he's playing, he's just getting better and better. He was showing an ability to score off the dribble that we have seen, but it just looked that little bit tighter and a willingness to just attack the rim, no matter what contact that got through at him. He's really punishing defensive collapses right now.
0: Well, a history-making night for for Jalen, 33 points in just 19 minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, a sensational contribution and under 20 minutes, something that's never been done in the NBA before by any player. Um, I think we're just seeing now Jalen going through the motions of becoming what he can become. Uh, We know that he has talent. We know that obviously when he came to the team, that there was a lot of upside and it would take time for him to get there. But in the last year or 18 months, the jumps that he's making are just unbelievable. And we are getting to a point where we, we, know, we know what uh, Jason Tatum can do, but it feels like Jalen could be the superstar of this team now moving forward. And the fact that we've got two of them who both push each other, who both know each other really well, who are friends, who, who work well in conjunction, it's just an incredibly exciting period for the Celtics. Forget about game to game or what can happen this season. When you actually look at the future of the basketball club, when you've got these two young studs doing their thing and putting up the numbers that they can put up, you know the sky really is the limit for Brad Stevens at the moment,
1: as well as knowing that their games complement each other. You've got Jalen that likes to get out and get get downhill as fast as possible, operating transition most of the time, and then you've got Tatum that's that little bit more methodical, will use screens a little bit prefers to play at a slightly slower pace. And set guys up after dribbles to score. So you do get that one-two punch that really accentuates each of his skill sets. Jalen getting downhill allows JT to kind of find his spots on the floor before receiving the ball. And JT's ability to draw defenses is opening up those driving lanes for Brown. And then you add in Kemba Walker that, to me, this was the best game he's played since returning. Most minutes, so it corresponds there. But in terms of his ability to just come straight off that screen and fire away, we saw him receiving the ball on movement and then spotting up and shooting straight off the catch. Everything just looked so smooth for Kemba. He looked great when he was attacking the rim. He looked great with the ball in his hands and he was kind of like slaloming from left to right, snaking around around the key. I'm really confident in those big, in that initial three. My concerns have been and still do lie with everybody else on the roster, but this was a very good performance, a very encouraging performance against a team that just beat the Nets on a back to back. Of course. And we know that Celtics
0: bench and the depth there, there are still questions to be asked of that, of those units that are coming out and that Brad's putting out, but he's kind of restricted by that. So it's something that we, we just need to see in the weeks ahead to see if they can improve their numbers off the bench. But overall, when you look at the the starters and potentially what's going to happen when uh, Jason Tatum returns, all of the the kind of key points, all of the bits where we look for passing the eye test, it was there against the Cavs. What was great was, yes, the Celtics scored a ton of points. Yes, Kemba looked really good and fluid once again. But the Celtics, the defense was there. It was there. There was quick hands. There were people trying to do their jobs. All of those things that has been have been missing for basically the whole of the start of the season. Even while the Celtics have been winning games, those bits have been missing. The Celtics have been giving up points that we just we haven't seen for several years under Brad Stevens and. Obviously, Brad has spoken about this. He talked in depth about some of the issues that they've had uh, with the defending. But this game, it really showed that it's still there. The Celtics are still the same team, the same personality, even if they've got depth issues. If you can put the effort in, you can still blow teams away. Look at the Cavs. So they came into this game after their, their double victory against Brooklyn. Their incredible defensive record for the start of the season. You know, I think they were number two in the NBA. And yet they got blown away and they were comprehensively beaten by a very hungry Celtics team.
1: Yeah, and that defense was majority intensity. They came out with a far greater intensity. They were flying out on rotations. They played a very good brand of switch basketball, to be fair. They were overloading the the, um, the strong side off the, uh, with the weak side corner guy coming in as the helping glow man. And then he was rotating out fantastically to contest shots if the ball made its way to the corner. As you say, they were they were garnering steals. They were deflecting a lot of passes. And deflections, I are, are kind of rant about deflections because they kill offensive momentum. And the whole point of offense versus defense is who can create the advantage first. So when you get those deflections, you're taking away the offensive advantage and now you as a defense have that advantage off that sideline, that sideline inbounds pass. So I was very impressed with the way they kind of rotated the intensity and the, the willingness to get out on the break was something that we haven't seen as much throughout the first part of the season that, we, that was very prevalent. And Jalen Brown kind of led that way, which, you know, was in large part down to his great performance. But their ability to get that steal or pick that rebound up and just get down the other side of the floor as quickly as possible and not allow the defense to set, that's what you need to do when you're going against a team with a big man like Andre Drummond. You need to make them run and you need to be getting to the rim before that big can get back down there enough offer protection. Of course. And also with those deflections, there's a psychology behind it, because if you're getting those hands up
0: and you're getting into their passing lanes or you're finding ways to stifle them as the game progresses and as we get towards the fourth quarter, it just makes it harder to play. And, you know, we know the the Cavs are are not the most uh, acute attacking units. You know, they're not the the kind of flair team that the Celtics might face in weeks to come, but they're a team that's really solid and has done well in very recent times. And what was great was that Celtics looked motivated to kind of really stick their oar in there and actually stop the Cavs from doing the stuff that they've done well in the recent recent games. Uh, Overall, I know, again, when you look at Marcus Smart's contribution for the game as well, 12 points, nine assists, five steals. For me, that's the perfect stats line for Marcus Smart. If he gets that stats line, that tells you that your defence is ticking and that something is going right. But, of course, when you look across the whole of the team, everyone's contributions, you, you really did see a kind of uptick in terms of the defensive nature that Celtics need if they want to go into the playoffs and have a deep run.
1: I mean, Marco Smart was fantastic. I've said multiple times that I prefer him as a playmaker over a scorer. I feel like his playmaking ability is second to null on this roster. And he showed it. He had that really nice behind the back pass that kind of split two defenders to find a the guy. Then he had that no look over the shoulder pass. That was on the money too. That's what you get from Marcus Smart when he's not trying to score. And I understand that sometimes he needs to be that scoring option because other guys are out injured or they're not shooting because they're cold. And then Smart feels the need to step up. But when he's on this type of game where it's defensive focused, where he all he's focusing on is How can I make my teammates better? How can I get stops? How can I make sure that we're scoring and not being a sieve on the other side of the floor and we're actually like a very stout defence? When he plays like that, that is when you get the best version of Marcus Smart. And I thought last night was one of the best games we've seen from him this season. Another guy that played great defence and nobody I haven't really seen anyone speaking about it was Robert Williams and Andre Drummond. There was a couple of sequences where Rob Williams um, would get blocks on Drummond, or he kind of forced him out of his post position, using that athleticism to deter the, uh, the drop-step hook shot that Drummond likes to do, or the drop-step dunk. And now we're starting to see, the Celtics and Brad Stevens spoke about this pre uh, prior to the game, we're starting to see them slowly buy into that defensive in, that defensive identity that they've bought into year after year under his uh, coaching. So, if they can keep this up, and this wasn't an outlier in terms of defensive intensity everything looks a lot brighter than it did coming off the back of those two Philadelphia losses absolutely and it's the balance and we talk
0: about player like Robert Williams you know if you can get production out of him it gets a positive plus minus so you can actually show in his matchups that he's having an effect uh, on the floor that's all you really need from him at this time. You know, there, there are bigger philosophical questions about what you want from your centre and what they need to do and what's a modern centre and what's an old-school centre. You need a little bit of everything. You need the choice. Uh, and we saw last night from the bigs that against a team uh, like the Cavs, who, who maybe have a, a bit more of an old-school approach at times when they're they're setting up their plays and what they do with Drummond, they stopped all of that. Why? Because they were busy. They got in his face. They slowed him down. They didn't give him the lane. They didn't give him anything in the post. They just were aggressive. And that's sometimes all you need to do and then play in transition. So we saw that with the Celtics last night. It was really, really promising. Uh, A good night again from, uh, from Tice, but also a little bit from Tristan Thompson. Only a small spell in terms of Maybe seeing the best of him might have been a little bit of motivation for him against the Cavs, against his former team, to to show what he could do. But again, there was a little bit of progress when we looked at the two big lineup with him, with them and Kemba. So all of these are positives because really, what Brad wants to see going forward is that he's got options as maybe the opponents get tougher throughout the
1: season. Stevens did kind of allude to the fact that this two big lineup is in part to, to find minutes for Robert Williams because there is just isn't enough minutes to go around to keep all three of those guys in the rotation without two of them starting. And I expect that as the season goes on, one of these three guys will find himself towards the tail end of the rotation. I'm looking at this like an audition for all three of them. And I'm not sure who's winning the audition right now. I'm not sure who's losing it. But all I know is Rob Williams will be one or two, because the performance he's shown has been fantastic. The upside and ceiling that he's got is probably higher than both Thompson and Tice. But then who comes next? Because Thompson has been very uninspiring, is probably the best word, over the last few weeks. But then against Cleveland, as you say, he was really good defensively. He was great on the glass. Offered a little bit of a roll threat coming off that pick and roll with Kemba Walker. But then you have Daniel Tice that is so good on the perimeter, defending the perimeter. He can hold his own on the interior and he can shoot the free so he can stretch the floor a little bit. And then you have that patented Daniel Tice Seal that, unfortunately, we're not seeing enough of at the moment.
0: Uh, Totally agree. I I think, you know, you're also being polite there, I think, with Tristan Thompson. For a player of his uh, ability or experience, a guy who's got a championship ring in his locker, uh, he's been poor. He's been really poor. Now, I think there might be factors to that coming to a new team, maybe his health. I know that he rushed back because he was looking to play and obviously had an injury that uh, kept him out of the team for a game or two. But if, if you're looking for someone to to play that role in rotation, you want some athleticism. And I think what we're seeing now is the Kemba Walker effect. So how can Kemba, as a point guard, affect those bigs? How can he help them? And there's no doubt that you see with Kemba, he's unselfish. He'll dish that ball off. He'll give the bigs a chance. You know, uh, in the post. But you need someone like Tice who can roll with aggression. Get up and challenge. Now we know that Tice gets into foul trouble. We know that he's not the perfect center. We understand all of this. But I think going forward, you're right, with Robert Williams, his clear upside is there. It's just whether you get all of the kind of defense out of him that you need. So who kind of pairs up with him? Who's the guy in rotation? I think they'll play all three at times. I do think that there's a there's a chance now that if Kemba can make this two big lineup tick, that we might see a little bit more of that, especially even when we're, we're looking at maybe giving Tate and more Brown a rest in games. But overall, the centre position, I feel better about it now than I did even just a couple of weeks ago. And I think the main issue, the main reason for that is Kemba. Kemba's shown that he can create, he can make it work. Uh, and Tice looks a different player. Look at the numbers he's posting now just in very recent times. He can read what Kemba wants and Kemba can
1: read what he wants to do. And it's a nice little combination. It works quite well for Brad. He already has that year of playing alongside Kemba. He knows where Kemba wants to fi- wants Daniel Tice to be to find him with the passes. And vice versa, Kemba knows where Tice is going to be. Kemba knows what type of pass Tice likes and where he's most productive. Kemba and Christian Thompson are still figuring this out. There's been a couple of times where there's been a pocket pass that's been too low for Tristian that Tice may have caught. Or Kemba's thought that Tristian's going to roll when he's kind of screened instead and the pass has been an errant one. So there's still a learning curve that's going on and that that's to be expected. Kemba's missed the beginning of the season. so where everybody else has got used to each of his tendencies. Kemba's still in that learning process. So we're going to see those turnovers at the beginning. Rob Williams also has that advantage over Christian Thompson. As you say, though, what holds Rob Williams back at the moment is his defense. He's technically... A very good defender he just bites on too many up fakes and that's been a narrative for all him throughout the very the whole length of his career and it's also the same for most athletic bigs coming into the league these days they're block hungry so they all want to jump they all want to get these picturesque swats but what we saw against andre drummond was Rob Williams was staying on his feet he was making himself big and he was only biting only jumping for shots when he had already saw the motion kind of leave the floor and you knew it was an actual jump shot. And that's a huge improvement from Rob Williams.
0: And it's all about learning, isn't it? I always believe that you can learn defense. You know, if you you have a good coach and... You have someone that will work with you and give you time and give you minutes. Eventually, you can become the defensive entity that you can be. And I think that's what we'll see with Robert Williams going forward. Even if we don't see it this season, I think in the future he's certainly the the one out of those three bigs that you think in the future could do something different. I think all three are limited, uh, kind of in the offense and how they finish. Neither have a a kind of what I would call a move. We know that. That Rob can jump way above the rim and can give you alley-oops and and kind of have incredible finishing but when you look at the three across as a combination I think it's a nice combination now I still think that Tristan Thompson is number three out of that I don't think he gives you the kind of maybe the athleticism even though he might give you physicality under the rim but he doesn't really you know I saw I think yesterday a couple of times where he tried to to jump and you couldn't have got a phone book under his feet he was about about an five inches off the ground and that was about it and that's difficult obviously when the Celtics like to play that lob pass uh, into the post so th- that I think might restrict him going forwards as an option but he'll still definitely get minutes and I think when Kemba is really fully fit really ticking and running the show a little bit more I think all three bigs will really
1: really kind of benefit from his creation we're not seeing as much time from at the moment It's kind of real really struggled let's be honest he's struggled real bad To start the season, we're starting to see him playing a very reduced role now. Is Grant Williams, and when he did play yesterday against a garbage time lineup, he still looked bad like he just did not look good. So, my biggest concern there is is this a confidence issue, or are we looking at more of a he doesn't fit with the way the Celtics are looking to play this year? Is it a schematic issue? Because Rob Williams has gone from being a very serviceable young big to somebody that's really struggling to stand on the floor at the moment.
0: I think it's the end for Grant Williams. That's my honest opinion. There's no doubt that he has talent. There's no doubt that he can give you something. Last year, he was very much part of the rotation. He did well. He gave Brad an extra option. He kind of plays that small ball five really well. Um, he, he's got a, a kind of basketball IQ that you want on your team. But what we're seeing this year is his limitations and the fact that he hasn't been able to take that next step. You would think with the way that Celtics have set up this season that he would get more opportunities or that he would get more floor time. There's no doubt Brad's even kind of parachuted him into the starting lineup at times, giving him opportunities. But like you just said there, you know, against the Cavs, it just doesn't look like he can make a pass, make a shot. He's all over the place. His confidence has gone. And you have to question why that is. Now, all, all players go through that. You know, he's a year two player. Um, you can see the that there are holes in his game, but we are not seeing enough from him. When we talk about other players like Shemi or someone like that, who you, you think, right, you need to add something to your game to become more viable, to play more minutes. I think you're seeing those kind of players just do something a little bit different. Grant seems to have hit a wall. And to me, it feels like that even though within that small contract that he's got, that eventually he might be packaged up somewhere and sent away on a trade because I just don't see what he's going to give the Celtics long-term. He needs to really kind of find a way to get that form going again and having the same kind of use that he had last season where he was a, a pleasant surprise. But, you know, we talk about him as a big, you know, he, he he's, he's no he's no kind of big. This is the problem. And it's trying to find... Uh, a role for him that he can play regularly, where if it's not that small ball five, you know, do you even have him anywhere near the court? At the moment, for me, he is way down in the rotation in my mind.
1: There was a really good article on Yahoo about this, about the Draymond Green effect and the type of players that have come into the league on the back of Draymond Green's success. And then you look at Rob Williams, his best minutes last year and his most successful stretches. Well, when he was operating as that small ball five i just feel like he lacks that lateral quickness to guard the perimeter as a four and that's where we're seeing the struggles and then obviously if you're repeatedly repeatedly getting punished defensively your confidence starts to take a knock which then bleeds into your offensive game he did not look like a player that was confident when he was on the floor yesterday he looked like he just kind of accepted like tonight's not going to be my night like dude you played around about 10 minutes like that should have been full intensity. You're obviously out of the, the the primary lineup now. The main rotation doesn't feature you. Here's an opportunity to go out there and put on a like a a display, prove a point, prove I still belong in that top ten rotation, that top eight rotation. I'm still the same guy that gave you consistent minutes through the playoffs. Instead he comes out there and he looked worse. There's some of the garbage time guys like he looked worse than Naismith, he looked worse than Carson Edwards? The only other guy that looked worse than him, in my opinion, was Trey Mark Waters, which was also disappointing. Absolutely.
0: And and I think as well, when you look uh, at Grant and where he is, and say compare him to Rob in the playoffs or before, you know, Robert Williams had a problem with defending the perimeter. We know this, you know, not out quick enough, not thinking quick enough, feet stationary, easy to shoot over. I think that's something he can solve going forward throughout the season. That's something where you go into practice and you find a way to inch forward, to use your size, to use your athleticism. Grant doesn't have that athleticism in his game. He, he, he's a big guy. He's strong. He can totally uh, provide help. He can play roles in the team but he's got to show more. So yesterday where the Celtics were talking about them, obviously having a stronger defense, quicker hands. Well, Grant needs to be part of that. And we didn't really see that he, he, you know, there wasn't quicker hands. He didn't look uh, effervescent. He came into those garbage time minutes and he looked out of place. There was way too much chatting to referees in terms of like not getting decisions. And they were all soft decisions as well. There was stuff that he probably didn't deserve to get. And, just kind of not doing the basics. If you're not doing the basics for a guy who's lowering the rotation, you are not going to play. It doesn't matter who you are. So we saw this last season with Robert Williams in the playoffs. You know, he ended up getting benched after a really good run because it just showed that that Miami team was going to be too good for him, too much movement around the perimeter and he was going to get punished. So Brad took the hard decision and the hard decision, it wasn't, wasn't actually that difficult in the end. And I think we're seeing that with Grant now with the lack of progression, the lack of options that he provides, certainly now with three viable bigs, I just think he's going to play less and less and less, and unless he actually improves his own form, it could be the end of his time at the Celtics. He's
1: more of a mental player than he is a a skilled player. Like He knows what positions he needs to be in. He's very good at reading the defense and sliding over on help and then rotating back off the helpline and stuff. But he's not doing any of that at the moment, so his value is severely limited. And as guys, as you say, like Rob Williams and Daniel Tice continue to improve, and then Semi Ojale is now obviously starting to eat into those minutes as well, Grant Williams has got a fight on his hand to remain a viable part of this rotation, and it could easily start slipping away from him. Um, He does seem like a guy that gets his head down and works. So maybe this is going to be a very teachable moment where he kind of falls outside of the rotation, works his butt off, and then we see him come back as a better version of himself. Otherwise, I do agree that he could be playing himself off of the team at the moment. Still very early. So it might be an overreaction. Yeah. He's
0: he's the kind of guy I think that is really kind of suffered from there being no preseason. So the fact that we've gone from one campaign into the next and that's flowed quite quickly, and they've had a a little break in the middle. Someone like Grant needs to go away and do the hard, you know, the hard minutes, going actually into the gym, doing his work, finding ways to, to become part of that rotation, a more solid option for Brad. And he's not been able to do that. Now, what you might find is someone like Rob, on the other hand, who sat down in the playoffs, was probably very disappointed to be sat on his backside watching those games. When he was probably told why that is, I think he just kind of responded and he's showing that this season. Daniel Tice. You know, Daniel Tice is a guy who was limited in terms of talent, but is now showing, certainly in the last few games, how valuable he is as a piece to the whole of this jigsaw. Again, he's not going to be the guy that gives you the magical moment, but he's the guy that's going to help others. He's the guy who's going to give you those solid moments, those solid minutes. And now, suddenly, he's scoring points as well. So when you add all of that together, that's a really h- tough ask for someone like Grant, who who even though he has positive you know positive plus minuses from last season and, and did well, he's certainly not producing that this year. The
1: last two guys I want to talk about, and that is... Um, I was going to say two names together that would have been completely wrong then. It's Carson Edwards and Aaron Neesmith. I think that Carson Edwards has really shown an ability to get to the rim that we didn't see last year. There was a play, I think it was his final shot of the game where he hit a guy with a step back and then pulled up for the three. And I'm writing a piece about this at the moment where That three-point shot off that step back does not exist if you haven't been finding success off the drive because the defense then has to adapt. They have to expect that you're going to penetrate off the dribble and finish around the rim. When you do that, they have to get on their heels and then that step back is a viable option to create that space for the pull-up. With Pritchard out now, for the next two weeks, and this being the second good showing off Carson Edwards, he had a good showing against Memphis for anybody that has forgot. Do you think there's a there's a, a world where he takes over Pritchard's minutes alongside Jeff Teague for the next two weeks. There absolutely is a world for him there in
0: terms of, can he play more minutes? Can he give more production? Uh, talking about what you just said there um, in terms of taking that three and making the space just before that, there was a drive in the lane where and we know that Carson, he's, he's a, he's a big guy for a small guy. You know, he's got muscle mass and he drove, he took the contact and he got the M one. And you looked at that and you thought, that's not the play of a guy who's who's not going to feature. This is a guy on the up. And we all know that when he gets hot, if he gets that first shot, you know, as scout said in the broadcast, if he gets that first shot down and he sinks it, then you're going to see a better player, a player who's more confident. And certainly, you know, garbage time was literally a whole quarter last night against the Cavs. And that's just the way it was. But you saw that he has got talent, and it's just a way of trying to tease that talent out. It's the same for Naismith. Slightly different situation in terms of that he's come to the Celtics. Again, no preseason. That's difficult. We've seen the way he's uh, reacted in comparison to, say, Pritchard, who just hit the ground running, has been fantastic, but now has this injury. But when you look at those stats line and you kind of try and scrutinize it, you say to yourself, what are they giving? Naismith last night, 11 points and 6 rebounds. Just give us that every night. If you can reproduce that and a little bit more, that's good. That's a starting point for a guy that only two or three weeks ago, we were saying, you know, put him in the G League. And if he doesn't play there ever again, it doesn't matter because he's not good enough. So there's lots of Celtic fans down on him and and what his upside, and his potential was. I think it's a good sign for Brad that both these players are going to give him minutes. And I think they will do. I think with with, uh, Pritchard being out, there's every chance for Edwards that he can finally get those more vital minutes in games, maybe even in the first quarter, you know, and be able to give some early shooting to the Celtics. Uh, And that drive, I said that drive at the end in the fourth, that was the bit that I saw. And I thought, ah, he played through the contact. He looked comfortable and that changed the kind of next two or three minutes for him because he loves to shoot that three. And if he gets the spacing and he's there,
1: he will shoot it and he'll shoot it accurately Till the end of the game, like that interior play, playing after dribble, playing after drive, was so integral because it does it forces defenses to respect your driving ability, so they have to sag off that little bit more to protect against the drive, and then it also means as well that I'm far more confident with Edwards attacking closeouts. If he's a better better decision maker than he was last year, then he might up fake and get that jump on the closeout and then drive. It just opens up a world of possibilities, especially for a guy as small as what he is. He needs to be very crafty in his movements and very intelligent in the execution of those movements. And he was in that game. So I'm very, uh, very impressed with what I saw from a guy that really struggled to kind of adapt to the NBA game last year. In Neesmith, what I found was Brad put him in a position to be a help defender. We didn't really see him play too much man-on-man. It was always on the help side. Uh, He made good rotations, smart. He was flooding when he needed to. He was helping when he needed to. And then he was staying tight on his guy. He was staying in his butt when he needed to. And that's how he's going to earn minutes consistently. That's how you earn minutes in a Brad Stevens system. You play your defensive role to the best of your ability. And then when you get an opportunity on offense, you execute at a good level. And for me, this was the best game we've seen from Smith. And the encouraging thing is, every game we've seen him play, he's got marginally better. And if you get 1% better every day, you're 365% better at the end of the year. And that seems to be the approach he's taking right now.
0: Absolutely. And I think as well, he shot 66% from the field. And it just shows, you know, he was brought to the Celtics. To give you that high shooting percentage from three, you know, and and I think we've seen as well in these games, you're like you're totally correct. You have to obviously perfect your your defense first, become a defender, show Brad that you can do those things. And if you can't do those things, you are not going to play one second. So the fact that he is now playing games and is now in the rotation, he can take advantage of maybe one or two injuries people missing, uh, and take his own opportunity. But really, you know, this guy, you know, as a spot-up shooter, if you can just find him the space, and especially when you've got people like Kemba driving, talking about Carson Edwards driving, and of course when Peyton Pritchard comes back into the mix, he is going to get clean looks. And if he gets clean looks and can shoot, like imagine if he shoots at 50%. Right. If he can hit near the numbers that he was shooting in college, which which were sensational numbers in terms of the short period of time that that he was uh, kind of putting that outlet there. for, if he can replicate anything like that in the NBA, anything like that, he's going to be a really useful member of this
1: roster. I'm not under the illusion that it's going to happen right away, but in a year, maybe two, once he's fully adapted and the game comes that bit slower to him. And he's used to the size of guys, these gargantuan men closing out on you at the speed of a freight train. Once that becomes just the norm, then I feel like that's when we're going to see him start to toy with those 45, 46 percent from free. If we get there at all, because his form looks solid, like his shooting form is quite smooth, mechanically sound. It's just now about adapting to dealing with the physicality and the higher level of athletes that are guarding you. I think that's what a lot of people don't put enough stock into that for rookies. Yeah, totally. But I think what's really pleasing for me is that he's showing some kind of basketball
0: IQ. So in those first games where he came in, he's a rookie. You know, he did have an injury, obviously, before. Uh, No preseason, like I said. All of these things count against you when you're trying to make an impression. And we didn't obviously see anything in those early minutes that he played. And then he kind of disappeared into the background. But even now, in these kind of cameos that we're seeing, there is a use there. He's got a brain. You know, he can play the game to an extent. If he becomes a better defender, as you said, the mechanics are all there in his shot. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see more of him going forward. In the same way with Peyton. You know, when you look at what they're going to offer Brad going forward as two young guys, again, another two young bucks coming through the system, coming into the Celtics and, and doing something special. I think there's a ton of upside for them. Give them time, let them make their mistakes. But at the same time, when the rotation's the way they are at the moment and the, the kind of depth of the Celtics,
1: these two guys should get plenty of opportunity. Because it's going to be a really gruelling season with games coming thick and fast. So that actually plays into these young guys' benefits because there is no G League. The stars are going to need to play games where there's reduced minutes or there's load management. So they sit out and that provides these younger guys with opportunities to play meaningful minutes, proper developmental minutes that aren't just at the end of a game where the opposing team's kind of just going through the motions, waiting for the whistle to blow. That- yeah. And
0: what, what I love about it is that this team is headed up by two guys, number three picks, who were rookies at the Celtics, showing that they can be the big guns in this team and looking at what Jalen Brown's doing now. But we all also know that Jason Tate and both of them are at all star level. And that's the best example you can give to a young kid. You know, they come here, you say, right, this is what you can be in two, three, four years time. Go on the journey with the Celtics, prove yourself, take your time, you know, make your mistakes but then show that you have value and and I think that's great that's the kind of structure that's the kind of basketball club that I want to follow as a Celtics fan that's what I want to see I want to see our homegrown talent do what we want them to do over a period of time but we have to be patient with that as well and and I think with Naismith if you know you can't judge him on first 5 games that's that would be crazy but I think at the end of the season we might be seeing some shooting percentages that we're really pleasantly surprised
1: with really good to look back at some of the negative the negative opinions that people had of him very early, calling him a bust. I have tried to be a bit more um a bit more laid back with his development, knowing how hard it is coming into a season like this. So this pretty much wraps us up. I mean there's a game today against the Bulls at two what two AM our time, so that's nine PM East Coast time. So I won't be staying awake for that. I'll be watching it in the morning. If got everybody listening, feel free to tweet at me if you want to try and ruin the score. We'll play a game. Can I watch the game before I open my Twitter and see how many of you have told me what the end score was? Um, that's pretty much it. So if you've liked this episode, please make sure to leave that five-star review. Leave something nice in the writing, in the uh, written part of the comments. But if you didn't like it, please don't leave that written review because if you don't have anything nice to say... Don't say anything at all. I just threw you a bone there to see if you'd bite on it. Right then, guys, you have a great one. We'll catch you again on Wednesday, and the Celtics Pride team should be here tomorrow to recap you on everything that happened against the Bulls.